and welcome to episode 919 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, April 22nd. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I am well. Baseball's in the air, as always. Uh, got back to trivia last night for the first time in a year. Finished second, lost by two points. A little bit of a bummer, but uh, good time. Got out on the, you know, we're on the patio, hanging out, spaced out real nice. So, you know, our whole team was vaxxed, so we felt really comfortable around our own team. But it, it was a comfortable environment, you know. And, and that's kind of how I was wondering, or what I was waiting for of like, you know, when's it going to feel comfortable to go back out and do stuff? This, it felt great. We were outdoors and uh, answering questions left and right. And the host has a wiener dog. And uh, we're, we're actually friends with the host and his girlfriend. Jen's gone over there, watched uh, watched um, Bachelor with them and stuff. So she's met the dog. And I was like, man, I sure would love to meet Missy. Missy was there yesterday, and I got to hang out with her. And so it was just a great – it was a great Tuesday evening, man. I got pictures on my Twitter if you want to see it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm riding high off a nice second-place finish. we got to get first next week. And uh, and we're, we're in the throes of baseball season. So what, what could go wrong right now, Justin, besides the health of both of our many teams? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much just that. Just just, <laughs> just injuries. That's, that's the only thing happening right now. So annoying, dude. It's so annoying. <sighs> and we're going to talk about some uh, some injury news. We're going to get into some struggling stud starters, kind of see where you're at with them. Don't think any of them are a cut right now, but uh, just want to get your thoughts on, you know, do you do the old sit one until you see a good thing? Do you just ride it out? We'll get into that. But let's start with some injury news, a bit of injury news that I know affects both of us. You more so. This was one of your guys. Um, I didn't quite get him as much, but he is on the IL in two of my leagues. Uh, Cabrian Hayes, he re-aggravated his left wrist injury, so that's going to push his timetable back. And uh, this seems crazy, I think, maybe, but are you cutting him in like a 10-teamer if, if your IL is filling up? And I do ask that a little bit on my own uh, for my own situation because I told you who I had injured, Yelich, Soto, Altuve, Rendon, it's ESPN league. The bench is already short. Is Cabrian Hayes somebody with the uh, with the reaggravation of his left wrist injury that you could feasibly see cutting in like a ten teamer? Yeah, I mean, in that kind of drastic situation, I could. I mean, I, I'd try my best not to. Um, I'm going to ride out the weekend, I think, and see what. Yelich is supposed to be back, and so is Rendon. So, I mean, I probably. If you're gonna, if you're able to ride out the rest of the week, I think we're gonna see Rendon and Yelich back early next week. So I that'd think be great. That that'd that makes great. it a little bit easier. But there are people in situations, myself included, like we, you and I were just talking about my TGFBI team, mm-hmm. uh, and you know I have Hayes, Rendon, Springer, LeCastro, Framber, and Kalenic on that team. That's six of my seven reserve spots. My goodness. Uh, and it's it's just been absolutely brutal. Um, so I, I'm still trying to hold where I can because I do believe in the I, talent. I really am too. Yeah. And it, it's, as long as this tr- isn't like a hamate situation where he's going to need surgery and going to be out for longer. I mean, a re-aggravation... Yes, it's a bummer, but it may only be an extra week or two or something like that. So yeah, I'm I'm trying to hold where I can. Yeah, I, I think you know you do your best to hold, and, and we don't bring up our teams just to sit here and and, and blather on about our squads, but to show some real life scenarios that. Well, I, I do it to show some real life scenarios that we're dealing with to give people an idea of, of what we're up against, and they may have something similar there uh, that that they're running into because as we talked about offline before we started. The injuries are piling up, and it's been the hitter injuries. Oh, you know, we talked so much in the offseason about how pitcher injuries are probably going to go up uh, based on the on the crazy season. And once guys kind of amp it back up, it, uh, did they go full bore last year? No. And then maybe this year they're going back up to 100% or trying to go to 110% to really give, give it their all and, and get hurt. And we've seen some pitcher injuries, but the hitter injuries – have been devastating and 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 they've really taken over the game and that's where they start to pile up and then we get in situations like the ones that both you and I are in so I agree try to bend over backwards to keep him but if you get in a situation in like a 10 teamer I think I think anything above a 10 teamer you should be able to 
not have to cut Cabrian Hayes. But I think in a 10, if you're up against it, you know, like the, the only way I think I would this weekend is if I didn't have a cut for a streamer that I needed. Because you got to use all, all your starts in like a head-to-head points league if you have a starts limit. And, I, and I, if I have nobody to cut, I might do it. But I'm trying to ride out the weekend, go from there. Cabrian Hayes, we don't have a timetable yet. Stay tuned on that. Um, Denelson Lamette made his debut yesterday and then left injured. This seems to be going down the path that we kind of thought, which you, you, you don't go for TJ right away. It's easy for us to say as, as fans and analysts, just get the TJ. And it's like, well, yeah, because we're not the ones recovering from it. Because while it does have a very high success rate, and it is certainly something that is not like a career ender, um, it's still difficult to go through, and it is not guaranteed. So and pitchers, your second one has exactly, a much yeah. lower success rate than the first one, and this would be his second one in, what, three years? Exactly. And so you know, these, these pitchers try to go through all the avenues that they can before undertaking it. The second factor is a great point, too, that I even forgot with the Nelson Lament. So, yeah, hit your second one even, even scarier because it's not guaranteed. So he is trying to go these routes, but it just, forearm, forearm soreness now, it just seems to be headed down that path. And it's it's really frustrating. You know, all, all the jokes aside about how we're not his biggest fans as far as fantasy goes. I don't want him injured. And in fact, I, I'd rather see him prove me wrong just because watching him last year was fun as hell. Even though every time he went, I'm like, boy, am I stupid. Boy, am I stupid for five, <laughs> six innings at a time. Um, it was still fun as hell to watch. So I'm I'm rooting for Lamette. But this is forearm issue again. Probably going to head back to the IL. He's day-to-day right now. He's not on the IL. But how, how are you reacting here? Obviously, you don't cut until you get news. But are you feeling like you're about to lose Lamette for the year? I know you don't have him anywhere, but no, I do but, remember I picked him up. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Which I hey, spent two hundred dollars worth that. of fab. <laughs> that, that's better than draft capital, but but with that two hundred fab guy that you got, what what are you thinking with him? Obviously, you have to wait till there's a there's a move to the IL to maybe cut him. But are you feeling like he's done for the year? Yeah, I, I'm feeling that way right now. Um, obviously, like you said, you're not. You're not cutting him quite yet. You're going to wait and see what what happens here. But, yeah, this is feeling like uh, end of the road, at least for this season uh, and probably most of next season for Lamette. So it, it's a bummer. Like you said, I mean, neither of us were big fans of him prior to him having injury issues. We just we didn't love the profile. But yeah, the, the injury injury issues were the reason he was kind of on my do not draft list. Um, yes. So, I mean, you kind of just hope that maybe this is just a little bit of a setback and, uh, you know, he's back here in a, in a month or something like that. Or maybe even, you know, like I said, he's day-to-day. They haven't put him on the IL yet. I would expect them to. but Yeah, I mean, may- maybe we get lucky, but it, it just – we've seen this trajectory before, you know. Um, our boy Garrett Richards, remember when he tried to avoid it? I think Nathan Eovaldi did a similar thing. There's There's been others, too. Those are just a couple that come to the uh, – forefront there because uh you know i, I track those guys closely so best of luck to denelson lament i hope everything does work out but uh, I, i'm definitely nervous uh mike soroka is still not throwing and you know this is one where I, I i kept having him low and not drafting him but then there was this like lurking news about hey he might be throwing soon he might be back sooner and I guess I never fully got there with it because I never really moved him up based off of it. And then I was, it was looking like right as the season was start starting that he might be back soon. Well, now here we are. Um, he's not really close to throwing um, because of a shoulder issue after the Achilles strain, right? So that this the Achilles is not the main issue right now. And so it's been a second injury that has cropped up. Um, in a NFBC situation, no ILs. You cutting Soroka? Yeah, I think I would. Um, you know, I mean, I talked about this all throughout the offseason that if a guy's going to miss time, it's hard for me to want to put him on my roster to begin with. But then a guy like Soroka, who I, in general I love, like I was Same. one yeah. of the higher guys on him coming into 2019 to 2020, uh, he doesn't have the strikeout upside to volume his way to being as valuable as he would in a full season. 
Yeah. So or or, or yeah, yeah, the strikeout to make up for mm-hmm. the lack of volume by being a strikeout guy. Yeah, exactly. he needs he needs the 180 plus innings. Sorokin does. I agree yeah. with that. That's a good take. And so, I mean, I just wasn't touching him because of that. Uh, and I will be I will be back on the bandwagon next year, but I just can't do it this year. And so, like, yeah, if you're in a situation where you can't, you've got to make a decision on cutting an IL guy. He would probably vault to the top of my list because at this point we don't know when he's gonna be back and what if he yep. has a setback? You know, now we're yep. talking about a shoulder, which is much more scary than you know the Achilles rehab. So, uh, yeah, I, I would probably cut bait if I was in a position where I needed that roster spot. Yep, whether it's NFBC with no IL or the, some of those devastating situations that we were just talking about, where we have all those hitters and limited spots. He, he, like you said, jumps to the top of the list of guys that, hey, he's got to go. Obviously, I'm keeping Cabrian way over him, the stud hitters. Um, it's just, it, it's a move on situation. We'll kind of reassess as he gets healthy. Hopefully, he gets on the mound at some point this year and can deliver some some fantasy va- value um, or even just some value to the to the Braves. Because like I said, we do both like him, as you mentioned, and we want to see him out there pitching, but it's just not looking good right now. That does speak well for Oscar Inoa continuing to stay in the um, in the rotation there. And, you know, he kind of came back to earth in, in his last start, or was it two starts ago? Hang on, I'm pulling it up. I think it was yeah, last his start. last start. The Cubs whooped him, and they said, hey, you know, you had your fun here. Welcome. He still got five strikeouts in the four innings, but it was it was three homers. And that's the kind of volatility that I think is going to happen with him because he is a two-pitch guy. Um, I mean, he does have two distinct fastballs, so it is three pitches, but it's, it's heat or slider. And that's what I mean by two-pitch guy. And so I think he's going to have that volatility that's going to yield a high threes to low fours ERA. But that can have value, especially if he's getting those those swings and misses. And he does have 20 strikeouts in 16 innings. So I do think Anoa uh, becomes somebody that you can put a little bit more confidence in in terms of being in the rotation. Uh, as far as his talent, it is still volatile and a little bit of an unknown. But if he's viable enough in your league, 15-team, 12-team, NL-only type stuff, um, those were three separate leagues, by the way. I wasn't saying 15-team NL-only. Could you imagine that? Oh, my God, that'd be a nightmare. 15- and 12-team mixers and NL-onlys, I should say. Uh, I, I think Noah is somebody that I'm, that I'm at least keeping as a team streamer right now. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I've been very impressed by him. Uh, yeah, it, there is some riskiness to the profile uh, with the two pitches, like you mentioned. Um, but I think you're you're going to kind of spot start him in – uh, more than you're going to just use them every time out. You know, the Cubs are a team that can strike out quite a bit, but they're also a team that can take you deep. And uh, so sure. that's it's always kind of a risky, kind of risk-reward proposition, streaming them, or streaming anyone against the Cubs. Well, uh, and they're on they're, – they're coming out of their shell too. They they had that big outing against Noah. They uh, blitzed the Mets yesterday 16-4, to 4, so – they might be starting to turn things around after a really slow start from just about everybody except for Contreras uh, and Bryant uh, and, and Rizzo, Rizzo. But it was like it was like three guys uh, were doing anything. That, that's all the offense they had. And now maybe we'll see some things. Big home run for Javi Baez. So they might become a little bit of a scarier team to go against as they start to come out of their shell. Do you see that homer from Baez? Oh, my God. Yes. Well, what did he do in that homer that we talked about? It was it was like, hey, Javi, it's about dang time. Yeah. And now I have a hard time like I don't want to overrate one incident and be of like course, this yeah. is this is gonna be the the catalyst. But I don't know. I do kind of look at that and think like maybe it could be. But you know, it was off. Uh, what was it Trevor Hildenberger? And boy, he just waited back on that and absolutely devastated it i i i'm not sure if it has landed but i, I think maybe mm-hmm. it did overnight you you were up late so maybe you you saw it land at four I, I have not no but was... uh no it was great sixth inning grand slam from javi baez um and we'll see you know if that if that's his catalyst but it mm-hmm. was a great great swing from him um all right moving on here let me find my sheet sorry about that oh you know the miners are about to start soon Ooh. You know, it's uh, it's sneaking up on us because I kind of forgot about them. I kept getting used to the alternate site from last year. We've been talking about it this year. I'm like, wait a minute. 
we're about a week away. It's closer to two weeks. I think it's May 4th is when it starts. Uh, so we're, we're just under two weeks, but we're starting to get some little tidbits about where guys might go. And we're hearing that J.J. Bleday might go to AAA, which would, of course, put him on the doorstep of the majors. And that Marlins team, I think, could use an infusion of offense to the point where if he goes to AAA and, and is raking off the top, I think he could be a quick call-up. And um, I'm I'm a I'm a Blade fan, so I'm I'm very zeroed in on this. I'm not really picking him up anywhere yet. You can't in NFBC leagues. You can't pick up guys unless he was drafted and cut, which he wasn't. Um, maybe in like one or two random leagues, but none of mine. Unless he was drafted and cut, you can't pick up guys until they get called up, which I'm fine with. It creates it creates like the Fabapalooza stuff, and that 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 stuff's fun. But uh, are you are you keeping a close eye on Blade? Do you think he's somebody who could contribute this year in a meaningful way in mixed leagues? Yeah, I do. I think he uh, has a ton of talent. Uh, he was very impressive in spring, uh, you know, against some major league pitching. So. Uh, and I mean, there's clearly, like you said, like there's clearly a path to playing time. It's not like, especially with uh, Marte out for a little while, like uh, yeah. I could see him find, carving himself out an everyday role. I mean, are, are we really worried about, I, don't, I mean, who's even in that outfield? Corey Dickerson? Well, it's, like it's, it's Dickerson, Duvall, and, and Brinson's playing center right now. Can Blade play center? Mm, I think he can. Could he? Yeah, I think maybe for his rookie year, you know, he could he could fake center well enough. Um, I'm looking to see if he's played it in the minors yet. Um, not really. L- literally one game. Um, so not necessarily there, but... I mean, he would be I, taking over Dickerson's spot. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Because I think Duvall is is sticking. I, I, I like Dickerson, so I was trying to find a way to keep Dickerson and Duvall in with Lede. But I do think Dickerson would have to... Would have to be caught. Uh, would have to uh, sit a bit there, and maybe they would finagle uh, Duvall or Bleday into center here and there because it's not like Lewis Brinson is really cutting anybody off, and uh, Duvall is a better defender than than people realize. Now, not necessarily to play center, it would definitely be like a Shinsu Chu in center for Cincinnati type of thing, but hey, maybe to get the offense, they they would sacrifice the defense. Yeah. So just keep an eye on it. But either way, he can play one of the corners too. And I do think Corey Dickerson would be the one that would have to be looking over his shoulder if Bleday kills it at AAA uh, off rip. Uh, Domingo Herman is called back up to start. When he was sent down, it was it was always like uh, mm-hmm. they didn't need a fifth starter, right? Yeah, yeah. There was it wasn't so much that you know there was anything wrong with him. He's been pitching fine and. Uh, they didn't need a fifth starter for a little while, so I think they wanted either an extra bullpen arm or maybe a extra bat off the bench, considering all their injury issues. So yeah, I, I th- we'll see. I don't even who's he going up against? Cleveland. Oh, and, and yeah, Aaron Savali. That's that's an easy start right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm starting that easily. And yeah, you know, you look at the look look at his skills more so than like he has allowed four homers in his seven innings. Mm-hmm. And so some people probably thought that he was sent down because of that. He got a strikeout per inning, uh, two walks, like the stuff's there. Like the, the, the surface numbers, that's not why they sent him out. It was literally just because they didn't need him and they didn't want to make him a, a, a reliever in that time. They wanted to get somebody else up. So now he's back and he should be up. And now, if he continues to struggle, that's a different story. Yeah. But – he was not sent down due to struggles. He's going to get at Cleveland today, and then next week he gets a spicy at Baltimore, home to Detroit. Ooh, uh, <laughs> that, 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 that'll that'll change your numbers pretty fast. <laughs> That's pretty nice. And you know, Baltimore, I don't think it's heated up yet as far as uh, as far as the the the, the temperature there. Well, what's going so, on around the country? I mean, we saw snow, dude, and it, it was like cold here yesterday not not just spore cold it was cold it was it's uh it, cold here right now so 60s yeah i think i think it's like 55 right now in my office yeah, yeah, 52 52 degrees in my office right now i do not appreciate that yeah i, do, I, I d- disapprove full disapprove <laughs> but yeah domingo Ramon is back go check your wires folks never assume especially a guy like that you know he's not so good that people wouldn't cut him especially because somebody could look at those surface numbers of a nine era and a two whip and be like oh he was garbage that's why he was sent out again i think the core skills were still there it was just a uh, roster spot send out he might be available in your shallower leagues 
go get Domingo Herman. One of the things I have really started doing over the last few seasons is writing down. So I've got a Google Doc for every league, and I write down who's been cut every yes. week. That is a great, great strategy. And I, I, I fully co-sign that practice. And I think I'm about to steal it right away because it's, yeah. it's a great idea. I, I, I'm always mindful of it, but writing it down. Plus, I'm better at remembering stuff when I either you know type it in a file mm-hmm. or actually write it down on a notepad. It'll just be in my memory better. Especially so. if you're like me and you're in a million leagues. It's exactly. It's so hard to remember like, oh, last week, you know, Domingo Herman got cut. Uh, no, I can just I can just do a look up for my entire doc. And go, okay, where's Domingo Homeron? Is he has he been dropped recently in any of my leagues? Okay, there we go. You know. I love it. That, that's that's a really, really smart strategy, and I'm gonna pick that up. Um, because yeah, the cuts cuts are almost sometimes they're more interesting than the pickups. Like last week I thought it was kind of a light pickup week. So I was zeroed in on who are people cutting to get these like but yeah, people cut like Jordan Romano. Like, you know, people yeah. cut uh, they're going to be people who cut Rafael oh, Montero. <laughs> oh yeah, well I was going to say uh, Graveman mm-hmm. this week. They're going to mm-hmm. cut him after after buying him. They're going to be pissed and be like, ah, for, unless he gets a couple weekend saves or something. But you know, there's going to be. Yep. And then um, you know, maybe it's not somebody so readily because I'm looking at my cuts from this past week. That, that's somebody who's not so readily important um, in like a Davy Garcia. But then, you know, something happens, uh, there's an injury for the Yankees, and you're like, oh, Davey Garcia's going to be up. Ah, he's available. Or if, you know, you see that Kluber is continuing to struggle or something, maybe I jump on Davey Garcia early because I don't have – some of y'all will probably have to wait for him to be called up. Actually, no, he was drafted in every league, right? I think so. Every 15-teamer, I yeah. would think. But anyway, it's a great practice to go in there, see who was cut, and and just keep a mental note of them. You don't necessarily have to pick them up the very next week, but you want to be aware of them. Um, I don't think any of these guys should be cut in most formats, but I want to get your thoughts and I want to I want to analyze where we're at with these guys because we are about four starts in for most of them. I think three maybe for one of them. Um, and these five starters were carrying big expectations coming into the year, and they're definitely failing against those expectations. Let's start with Kyle Hendricks. And I'm going to you know, point out here, too, when it's like, hey, it's one, one mega dud that's carrying down the ERA mm-hmm. versus multiple mediocre or bad starts. Hendricks has the, the sandwich right now with the poop sandwich here with the uh, <laughs> the bread is the poop. First start, terrible. Second start, great. Third start, terrible. Bottom line, we have 10 earned in 13 innings. That's a 692 ERA. Does have 12 strikeouts in those 13 innings, but seven walks, which is the most uncharacteristic thing, and then five homers as well. So it is just three starts for Kyle Hendricks, but he has been struggling. And again, it's not about cutting him. The the potential action here is like a start-sit and just your general thoughts on him uh, after we after the three starts here is it enough to cause you any measure of panic on Kyle Hendricks? I mean, there's a little bit of panic just because I had him so high in my ranks, which means I've got him on way too many teams, uh, and it's the walks. I mean, this has been a guy who has always been a you know five percent like what God. that's the one thing that you're like well i i have that part on lock yeah you know he's, he's not gonna walk anybody that's for sure so yeah i'm i'm you know this is this is one of the you know we're gonna talk about plesak here in a few minutes but um you know one of the you know kind of concerns about plesak is because he's such a, a control guy that you know the margin for error if he's missing things inside the zone or not getting to the zone enough uh, is like things can go really, really bad, really, really fast. And that's for um, Hendricks too, right? His exactly. margin for error because of his 42 mile an hour fastball, yep. uh, you know, shrinks his margin. And and then you spike a walk rate out of nowhere. And uh, there's a little bit of concern here. So everyone's different how they manage their teams. I know some folks that like to do the, I'm going to sit them let them even out a little bit and then get them back in. I generally don't subscribe to that because I don't want to let a a great start be on my reserve. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so, you know, it, it, it's case by case. It's not, it's not, you know, a hundred percent. I won't do it or a hundred percent. I do do it. It is case by case. I generally don't. He gets Milwaukee tomorrow. Hendricks does. Mm-hmm. And then Atlanta next week. If you're in a daily, are you sitting him for Milwaukee at home? No. Okay. If you're in a weekly and he's mediocre to poor tomorrow, are you yeah, sitting um, in that Atlanta? Probably. Okay. Okay. So that's that's where we're at with Hendricks. Analyze tomorrow. Don't sit for tomorrow. Uh, or that's our advice, at least, because I agree with you. That, that's what I'm doing. I'm rolling him out there tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. So uh, we are in lockstep on that advice. But then if it's another dud week off yeah atlanta's dangerous and and we just saw what atlanta just did to him that's i mean atlanta's the seven spot right there you know so yeah so okay we're 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 on the same page there uh let's let's dial in on tomorrow's start against uh, or fridays depending on when you're listening to this against milwaukee to see where we're at by the way has a 472 era uh, XERA, excuse me, to go with the uh, with the 692 ERA. So there's a split there that says, okay, there's some skills here. Um, but again, it's that walk rate and that obscene home run rate will come down. It's 3.5 per nine with a 33% homer to fly ball rate. Uh, a crazy prediction here. Those will come down <laughs> at least somewhat. All right, next guy is the aforementioned Zach Plesak, who you had, who you had hinted at here. He's four starts in. He's got a 6.75 ERA, a 4.91 xERA. Uh, his strikeouts are way down. He isn't walking anybody. Still, literally a sub one uh, walk rate as far as per nine at 0.96, which he had last year at 0.98. That translates to a two and a half percent rounded up call, three uh, percent on the walk rate. You love to see that, but hits and homers, right? He's living in the zone too much. He's too hittable. Draft season was interesting with him. You and I participated in all of draft season, so we were starting back in October because we're psychopaths. And that's you know he was he was hot. Everyone was in on him. He was going high in just about every draft. As the winter evolved, he started to get a group of detractors, and that group started to enlarge as things went. Whether they were influenced by reading other people's stuff and saying, "Hey, I agree with this," and and I should. I, I want to be off of him too because I don't really like where it's headed, or more in, more study of their own and independently they're like, "Hey, I, I I'm not really in on on Plesac here." My my big thing at the end was I had moved Savale above him because um, that's I love Savale and I had those I had Savale had him last year and I didn't see enough in the two month season even though Plesac was out of his mind and Savale was. Solid until his last start when Pittsburgh walloped him. I didn't see enough to say that I now want Plesak ahead. So I made a, a a March move on him. Like an early March, I moved him down into the 40s. So I was late to being a detractor. But in the end, I had Plesak nowhere. I'm nervous here. And I'm wondering how you feel about, about Zach Plesak. Four starts in uh, with a lot of struggles. All right. So... To quote the the late great Dennis Green, uh, he is who we thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, here's the thing. Like, Wait, is Dennis Green dead? Didn't he? I think he passed away. Yeah, I think he did too. That sucks, dude. Really yeah, I mean, disappointed me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean 2016. To... Now, yeah, I just I just forgotten he was a G, and that that mm-hmm. rant is an all timer. But yeah, yeah. so Police Act is who we thought he is, meaning. He's a fourth starter type, and he's pitching like a fourth starter. Well, he's he's pitching Not, at the worst I mean, end. Of- I don't know that he's a fourth starter type or anything. Third, like. um, he he is a guy who is going to volume his way to a fair amount of uh, of value in fantasy. Yeah. So, like the th- one thing he's done this year, except for in the one start where he only went two thirds of an inning. Um, is he's gone deep into games, right? Even when he's struggling, you saw this, you know, he went five innings in spite of the fact that he gave up, you know, six earned runs in the last start. Uh, Do you think that's related to um, the fact that he doesn't walk anybody so he keeps the pitch count low and they're like, hey, he's a great control guy. He is not a great command guy. And I think this may have been lost on some of the people who were kind of his biggest advocate is he does struggle within the zone. Yep. Um, 
And like the only runs he gave up last year seemed to come via Homer. Yeah. Uh, he literally, I think, had two starts where the only runs he gave up were like two solo shots. Mm-hmm. And so, and he had a one three Homer nine, please, Zach did last year. So it was there even in the great year. What kind of uh, ERA were you projecting for him coming into this year? Were you with the projection systems that were saying like a mid fours? No, I I thought he'd be kind of a high threes, low fours kind of guy, and I think that's where he ends up. I think he's gonna. So that is a good number three starter type. Yeah, and okay, and you don't hate him. No, no, but he wasn't like I was kind of stuck in the middle between the people who loved him, uh, and the people who didn't want to have anything to do with him. Yeah, but like I think he, he, I mean, he threw. Uh, what he threw fifty five innings, but he only had eight starts last year because of you know the knuckleheadness that foolishness yeah, yeah that got him sent down. So he might have led the majors in innings last year had he gotten twelve or thirteen starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- and that has value, especially in a league or you know in a season like this where we're afraid of what pitcher workloads are going to look like. And so yeah. Uh, I, especially in quality start leagues, that's where I was trying to kind of target him because I felt like he was one of the guys that could get a fair amount of quality starts, comparatively speaking, to others. Uh, the only concerning part about his profile for me right now, I mean, outside of the command issues, because like we mentioned, like he he can he gets to the zone and he misses his spots in the zone, which will lead to hits. It'll lead to home runs at times. Mm-hmm. It's it's the pitch mix right now. We're, we saw early, or we're seeing kind of early, like he's throwing the fastball a little bit more than last year, which it, which is not what he should be doing. Um, so I, I'd like him to, you know, them to, and I think Cleveland's a really smart organization. They'll pick up on this. Um, I, I want to see him throw the fastball less and uh, throw the secondary pitches more, uh, especially the changeup, because when the changeup is on, which it hasn't yet been this year, but that could just be kind of an early season. It's cold, having trouble getting feel for it. Yep. Uh, he he can be really dominant. So I'm not I'm not like freaking out if I have Plesac. I would be freaking okay. out if I took him as my like number one or number two starting pitcher, <laughs> which some yeah. people did. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, more than likely, he should be your three or your four, and I think that's where he's going to finish. He's he's. Uh, I think the people who thought maybe he was going to turn into an ace will will probably end up being wrong. Uh, but I think he's still going to be very very usable uh, throughout the year. Would you consider buying from somebody being very panicky right now? Yes. Yeah, I think this could be a buying opportunity, and this is this is a great exercise in. You know, you, we talked about it with your Lamette pickup, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're like, you're kind of known as like an anti Lamette guy, but you saw an opportunity to get him at a much better price than you should, which was just some of your fab capital as opposed to draft capital. And you said, hey, I'll take that shot. Again, we were not super high on Plesak, but we're also not super out to the point where if I can get him in a trade at a perfectly fair price, I think I might. And I will say too, next week is a two start. Minnesota and the White Sox. It's a tough one. If you don't want to start him, you have to cut him. I you can't skip a two start. Uh, sure, nah, you man. can. No, you, nah. no, no. That's not. That's just not true. I mean, it I, obviously I, depends on your other options. Um, I'm not. But sure you just saw. I don't know what scenario you're going to you be just in. Saw, where... You just saw the White Sox put up 13 earned runs, uh, or sorry, 12 earned runs on him. Oh, in I'm his not last saying it's starts. easy. But, but I'm saying if you skip this two-step, you should cut him. I don't think that's true. Well, that's how I feel. Yeah, no, that's, that's because I mean yeah. we 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 die for these two-start weeks, and to sit somebody that but you no, took this but that this is early... just like the streaming argument. Someone's like someone the other uh, yesterday, you know, uh, because people were bemoaning uh, Jacob Junis giving up four runs in the uh, in the first inning yesterday. Um, and I think it was Scott White over at CBS, who's, who's a really good player, really good analyst and stuff. Um, and people were like giving him crap because he recommended him a streamer. And he said, you know, oh, well, streaming is just streamer, a bad dude. He, streamer is a bad strategy anyway. So like, no, it's not a bad strategy, but it has oh, a risk no, no. to a, it. Yeah, it's a volatile um, strategy. I don't think so. The same bad. could be said for sitting a guy on a two start. That's no, that's just a bad. No, the guy that you took this high. No, man, I, I can't get behind it. I'm sorry. I think it'd be a terrible sit. I, I, I disagree. I mean, I'm not saying do it. I'm saying it depends on your options. I'm saying it, it's in play right now. 
especially going up against the White Sox, who are hitting the ball really, really well. I think you'd have to have such a unique team build that it's in play for so few people that I'm not even sure it's worth talking about. I'm just, because, I mean, it may not be worth talking about for Plesak in general, but I think just, I'm saying for Plesak specifically here because you'd ha- you'd have to have picked up some guys that that popped off at the back end that have kind of taken his place, um, but then at that point, if your pitching is like again, I'm trying to think of the scenario that actually where it makes sense because if your pitching is doing well enough anyway, okay, despite for, Plesak, let, let's say you're having to decide between Domingo Herman with that two step next week. With what do we say, Baltimore and Detroit, Detroit. and Plesac. Like you're 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 probably going Herman, right? Yeah, I probably am, but I I So it's not I'm a, just feeling like okay, but that's like we have no context of what this fictional team has elsewhere though. I still feel like I gotta be somewhere based especially based on the fact that I was looking at Plesac as one of my top guys, one of my top three guys. I don't know that that much has changed in the two weeks to where I'm now got him as my sixth, seventh guy to where you know, I'm just starter saying, wise. If, if you decide not to do it, it's not because you you should be cutting him. Like that's, I, I just think that that is that's hyperbole. Well, I think if you're skipping a two start on somebody that that you have that much expectation from, why do you even have him? Obviously, you don't have to. You're not mandated to cut him. But I think if you're if you lack that amount of confidence to put him in for a two start, what, when are you really feeling comfortable to start him? Just against Detroit? I mean, didn't we didn't we pop him up in that first start? Oh no, not really. He's actually been good against Detroit. No, no, you want more Detroit starts? Yeah, you want you want all the Detroit starts. But yeah, um, I mean, I am starting him. By the way, if I if I have, I am too. Like, I am starting him more in than this two start. I, I don't know that I actually even have any sh- shares. That, or no, I. I I've got if him y'all soon. have a legit, if y'all have a legit conundrum on this, tweet me at Sport. I, w- I want to see the ones where you can actually have a scenario where you where you got a good enough substitute, and he's and he's the obvious. Make, sit. make sure you tag me too, Justin Mason. Yeah, yeah. Fan put both of us in, Justin Mason, FWFB, just so I can yell at Paul. But put us in there. Include your entire staff too, not just the one v one, because I want to see who else is there. Because maybe I would be sitting somebody else. So anyway, good disagreement there, um, and I love being right, and I was one hundred percent. You rarely are. What? <laughs> rarely? Come on. All right, let's talk uh, another division mate here. Now I'm, I'm gonna say, four of these five guys that are struggling come from the same division, and it can't be too coincidental that it's the central because we worried that the central was gassed all these guys got gassed up because of facing that that poop division and now four of our our five strugglers here are from the central uh including kenta maeda and he steamrolled through the central and and he's looking like what's going on with him i would say he's like a um uh it's a higher police sack for me I, I liked him more. I trusted him more. I had him up here more. He has similar skills right now with the home run and hit rates off the charts, but the strikeouts and walks, you know, are are fine. The strikeouts have come way, way down, but the swinging strike rate hasn't. So I think the strikeouts will eventually be there. Bottom line is, um, I'm very, very lightly concerned about Kenta Maeda despite a six eleven ERA because I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at his. 447 XERA. I'm looking at the fact that he still has uh, a, well, it's not that good. I was going to say 14% strikeout minus walk ratio. That's about average. It is way down, but like I said, the swings and misses are still there. I don't think a 400 BABIP is going to continue. I don't think a 2.0 homer per nine is going to continue. And I'm not gravely concerned about Kenta Maeda. But if you went out on a limb on him this year and made him like your number one or your number two, because that's where he was going, but maybe you weren't the biggest believer in him. How do you keep yourself from panicking on somebody that you took kind of the plunge on, maybe based on some analysts that you like or something that you read, but he wasn't your guy? Do you have do you ever struggle with those types uh, when they're when they're sputtering like this, like a stud that that you just kind of went with the group think, but now he's terrible, and you're like, what do I do? How do you feel about Maeda and his struggles? I mean, it's it's definitely concerning uh, and a bit disappointing. Uh, I'm 
I mean, if it wasn't like at Oakland, which isn't like a, a team that I'm typically very uh, not afraid of. Yeah. That that I mean, that's the bigger concern for me is like, OK, you know, you especially with these early season starts from some of these pitchers, you go, OK, where was he pitching? Was it cold? Uh, you yep. know, did he have a yep. problem getting loose or, or getting uh, a good grip on the ball? Did he go up against a buzzsaw kind of offense? OK, you know, I'm. You know, I, I can kind of excuse it. And then you go, well, at Oakland, Oakland was nice and sunny yesterday. It's like, oh, yeah, it looks, it here. Looked, it looks great <laughs> yes. there. Um, uh, and, you know, he gives up seven mm-hmm. on eight hits with three yaks, dude. Three yeah. homers. That's the tough part. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's struggling um, right now. And I, I don't know quite what to make of I think he's gonna figure it out like he's just got he's too good of a pitcher uh his track record um is yeah. too good but he's almost like a two-pitch guy right now um that's the tough part he hasn't really been getting into his arsenal Kenta Maeda yeah. usually somebody who's got uh tricks in the bag that he can go mm-hmm. to and and it's really kind of been boiled down right now to fastball so change up is still there too but it's um it's not work. I mean, the slider isn't really working either, to be quite honest. Like, he doesn't really have a pitch that he can rely yeah. on, but he is throwing kind of two, two and a half of them. Um, and that's that's a little bit of the issue the right slider's now. Slider's been really, really bad. Slider's um, been uh, tough, very tough. And by the way, exhibit 82 billion of why uh, you can't just go off spring stats. Now, there are certain spring stats that, that do matter and all that. I'm not, I'm not saying discard the whole thing. But you'd have felt extra confident taking him because he had 18 innings of a .49 ERA and a .49 WHIP, and the and first that, start was great. Like yeah, he, yeah, and it's like pitching, man. It can change on a freaking dime. Like he he was perfectly. He only went four and a third, but he was perfectly fine in that game at Milwaukee. They just ran the pitch count up a little bit. That's why he had to come out. Then he was good against the Tigers. Um, six innings, two two runs at Detroit. These last two against Boston and at Oakland have been the the problem spots here and pushed. The, I mean, the, the Boston, was I'm not, really... Boston, I'm not really worried. About. Like, Boston's offense is just crushing the ball right now. Yeah, frankly, the fact that he only gave up two earned in four and a third, it, it really is just the one. And I mentioned that how some of these guys, it's really going to be just the one start. And as we look kind of deeper here, it really does seem to be the one start that's yeah. really killing. Now, his strikeouts. He, he, had a, he had a 307 ERA with 16 strikeouts and 14 and two-thirds heading into – Yesterday. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so it was still only a twenty three percent strikeout rate, which is definitely low for Maeda. But again, the swinging strikes have been there the whole way. I think as we get deeper into this one with Maeda, it's an easy buy low for me. Yeah, I think so too. Like I'm, I am a bit concerned, but I think there are, are there are people out there in the industry who are like panicking right now. Uh, um, I, I, would, I would jump on that. He gets at Cleveland next week, and then. Um, I don't think they'll give him a second start. He he feasibly could have, but because they have, eh, excuse me, but because they have an off day, uh, Barrios should get the two step next week, not Maeda. So he'll get at Cleveland. Obviously, I'm starting him for that. I, I'm I'm checking in on Maeda to see if I can get him at a discount right now because there is some concern, like you said, but not enough to to talk me off taking him at a. Uh, uh, you know, sixth, seventh round price, which I think you can feasibly get right now, even though he was a third round draft cost. Okay, so that's Kenta Maeda. Moving on, our next pitcher of note who's struggling is another central beast, and it's uh, Luis Castillo. And this one, this one's painful, man. I love Luis Castillo. And, you know, I was ranking him very high this year. I'm feeling like this might be the year that he just has that. 180 inning ace type season and he may still have it but he's got a lot of rallying to do to uh to counterbalance uh a few of his uh, first couple starts here and he has the one ugly start the the devastating opener where he gave up 10 eight of them earned in three and a third bounces back with seven shutout against pittsburgh but then he's been a little bumpy again the giants got to him a little bit and then uh, his most recent start just yesterday, or excuse me, two days ago, only gave up one earn, but he did give up three runs, seven hits, three walks. That's another thing, too. Sometimes you escape with with a decent ERA, one earned in four innings. 
but you have to look at the 10 base runners there and really understand that that Castillo didn't have it against Arizona. So the, uh, add it all up, it's a 605 ERA and a 166 whip. Um, he does have a 447 X ERA. Um, a lot of the same story here, though, with these guys. Their strikeouts are way down, their home runs are way up, and it's causing the problems. Again, he's got the one mega dud, but he really only has one good start, too, and that was the one against Pittsburgh. And then you got a mediocre against Arizona and another, uh, I'm calling it a dud, five innings, four runs, even with the seven strikeouts. That's a, that's a dud against the Giants. So Luis Castillo, where do we stand with him? Obviously, we're not cutting him. Are you even considering uh, a sit-down for him? Next week, he gets the Cubbies. Oh, he gets St. Louis on Sunday. So if, if you're in a daily moves mm-hmm. league, you can maybe do that. Or uh, the Cubs next week. So, Castillo, where do you stand, and are you sitting him at all? I don't think I'm sitting him, but there is some scariness to that Cubs start. Like, as we said, he could come out and strike out 10, or he could give up three bombs. Um, in, in that kind of side, they're just their offense is just is kind of three true outcomes. So, yeah, uh, I I mean that that a bit is a bit scary myself. Like I think part of this is what I was afraid of coming into the draft season or like midway through draft season. Eugenio Suarez has been terrible defensively. Yep, and you you pointed that out. Like when we talked about that, the defense was something that we zeroed in on when they were going to make these mm-hmm. moves. It's like, oh, cool. Hey, Eugenio Suarez is going to get shortstop for fantasy. That's kind of neat. That's awesome. Yeah. And I like Jonathan India getting the playing time. But what's this going to do for some of their pitchers? Mm-hmm. And he's a ground ball guy, Castillo is. Yeah. So he could take the brunt of it. And um, one of the reasons why he saw so many batters yesterday, he went up against tw- or uh, on the twentieth, um, was because of errors. Like, yep. the, you know, that's why he has you know only one earned run, but he saw twenty three batters. It's uh, because you know he got kind of shafted by his own team, and this also happened in that first start against St. Louis. So it's, I I, I think it's going to get better. I, I mean, he he clearly is a more talented pitcher than the numbers show. And I think he uh, will end up being fine. I don't think he's going to return the value I think people drafted him for. And I think we're going to have more outings like this where he can't go deep into games because the defense behind him lets him down. They run up his pitch count, yeah. Yeah, and so that that's going to be a problem. And this is why he was one of my bigger fades coming into this season. So, yeah, I mean... True talent level, I think, will play out in the end, and I think he'll be a probably a mid fours kind of ERA guy. But I don't oh. think he's going to have the or sorry, mid threes ERA. Oh, okay. Mid fours is painful. Mid mid threes ERA guy with you know with strikeouts, um, but I don't think you're going to see the innings count that maybe we thought we would get from him because he's going to get run out of games early because this defense behind him is so bad. Yeah, I think that's. Uh... More than fair to point out about Luis Castillo with regards to that defense, and it could hurt some of their other guys too. We know that Sonny Gray is just now back. Um, Tyler Molly, he's been excellent, um, and then even some of their some of their like streamer types, like Jeff Hoffman. Hoffman's Jose, pitching well right now. Yeah, but he's he's trying to get out of a jam, and I think he's going to give up a sack fly here. So it's going to be he's going to lose the lead. It's going to be two to one, but uh, he is pitching well. Hopefully he gets out of this here without giving up that extra run there. Um, but, yeah, even guys like Hoffman, Miley, and DeLeon, they're streamers. I, I like Cincinnati pitchers as a general rule. T.J. Antone, we're still waiting for him to get in there. That defense is kind of always lingering over. Now, I do wonder, um, you know, they're they're in second place in the division right now. They're expected to be a team that, that can hang around. If they are playing well, but this defense keeps kind of rearing its ugly head, they might have to make a switch. Mm-hmm. And and move Suarez back to third and go get a shortstop uh, because or just it, bring up Jose Garcia. I mean, it's just true. But like, he, I, I know he can't hit yet. Oh yeah, he, Moose is out right now. That's right. Because I was going to say, why is third? Okay, so it, it it does get a little bit more difficult than that because when Moose is back, that's why they had to do this. Oh, man, if only there was a DH in the National League. Oh man, oh, do you think that could still happen? I think so. My boy Justin is still on it. He, he texts me every day saying, I, I think they're working closer to it. I keep telling him, hey, Jay, man, it's 
ship's sail. It would be so MLB to change the rules. In the season. middle of the year. <laughs> Starting June 1st, the NLDH is coming back. <laughs> Tune in. Oh, my God. That'd be insane. Uh, all right. Our last guy, not in the central. By the way, do you make do you make anything of, is it coincidental that four of these big strugglers are from the central? Or do you put something into it? Because um, I don't know the answer. I, I'm asking you because I don't. I don't know how I feel. I mean, I yes, I, I think that some of this, you know, some of maybe some of this, uh, these guys are struggling because they're going up against better competition than they were last year. But there's also plenty of guys in the central that are just pitching out of their mind. So like, yeah, know, Cor- Corbin Burns has been the best pitcher in baseball this year. Tyler Bali, I mentioned Tyler Bali has been, been great. Brandon Woodruff's been fine. Like, I mean. Like, uh, I think, yes, that plays a part, but I also think it was an overblown aspect of what people were talking about this offseason. It's like I acknowledged it and we talked about it, but I can't recall it ever greatly influencing my rankings. No, I mean, I think it influenced me a little bit more in the AL Central with AL Central pitchers than NL Central pitchers because, okay. like, yes, the NL Central is is it wasn't great last year um a lot there are a lot of really bad teams in the NL. <laughs> like yeah there there are the giants and i'm not talking about the san francisco giants i'm talking about like the the, the really Stubs. really good teams and then there is a bunch of crap so it really is a haves have nots kind of deal here we're in a weird cycle where um if you're not competing you're you're pretty much rebuilding and there's very little of those teams that are kind of in between. Now we're going to start to see some of those rebuild teams get to that middling level where they're like mm-hmm. a high seventies, low eighties win type of team. Uh, but we're not quite there yet. And so it is a weird setup. Yeah. Uh, all right. Our last guy then not in the central Jesus Lazardo. He has a 589 ERA, but a 380 XERA. Um, he had a lot of expectations this year. He was drafted as a top 100 pick. You know that that's that that's pricey. It was he was expensive. He wasn't that great last year. He wasn't bad either. Like I, this is not uh, me trying to revision his history and be like, oh, I wasn't in on him. He was too expensive. I liked Jesus Lazardo, and I agreed with buying him, even though a 4.12 ERA doesn't jump off the page. A 1.27 WHIP doesn't either. I was buying that there's going to be development here that you're going to want to be uh, a part of if you get Lazardo. Strikeouts are still there. In fact, they're up a, a, a slight tick, 25%. By the way, uh, Hoffman got out of that. He had a runner on third mm-hmm. with less than two outs and, Great and got the double play. Well done. And it was a play by himself, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but the walk rate for Lazardo has spiked to 10%, and that's a career high. He's given up a lot of hits, and the home run issue that he had last year at 1.4 remains present with a 1.5 per nine mark. So we add it all up right now, and he's struggling through four starts. It is just four starts, and I do wonder if uh, if it's ripe to be overblown for Lazardo because he is a young guy who doesn't have a lot under his track record, and I wonder if that will cause some fantasy managers to make a poor decision and, and cut him preemptively because it, it, it's a it's a good bad pattern right now. He got waxed by Houston. He was great against the Dodgers of all teams. He did have four walks, but he survived. Two earned in five and a third. Got walloped at Arizona. And then beats up Minnesota. So the two of the tough uh, three teams that he's faced, he actually had stood very tall against. And then Arizona of all teams got him. Houston get getting got by Houston is no big deal. Um, so it's it's two up, two down. It's leading me not to want to panic on Lazardo, but I do wonder where you stand with him. And is he somebody who might get the uh, the sit treatment uh, with his next start coming against? Oh, and it's at Baltimore this weekend. No chance. Um, and then Baltimore again. Never mind. He gets two against Baltimore. So great opportunity to work out of it. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand with Lazardo right now in his early up and down uh, season? I'm not super worried. I, I think I I don't think this is the year he necessarily turns into an ace. But I mean, I think all the all the proper stuff for him to do it is is there. He still has command issues, uh, which will lead to the homers, but. Uh, I think what we saw yesterday uh, was it yesterday or the day before uh, uh, on the twentieth. So yeah, a couple of days ago was exactly time. what we want to see from him. Um, you know, a guy that uh, uses his changeup uh, to you know to really get swings and misses. Uh, you know, high fastballs. Um, you know, 
I think he, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be a guy that like just kind of throw out that Arizona start um, in the Houston start a little bit. Uh, but even in, even in the Houston start, like he still got eight strikeouts. Yeah, like uh, I remember because yeah, that was his opener, and I was mm-hmm. like, ah, eh, you know, Houston got gotcha, you, but you got eight punches. I'll I'll yeah. take that. So I'm I'm not super worried about you know him. The change up and the curveball look good. Uh, you know, as long as he keeps the uh, uh, the fastball up uh, and attacks hitters, I think he's gonna be. Um, I think he's gonna be fine. Would you go by? Yes, I don't know that you can, because the people who, who drafted Lazardo where he was going believed he was going to turn into a stud. That's fair, but you know, a six ERA, it's a five eighty nine can can could push that panic button. I think it's mm-hmm. worth at least checking, just seeing where he's at. I, I would probably be interested in buying right around market value, like maybe not draft price. I don't know if I want to play a top one hundred thing. But if I can get just even a little discount, I'm not saying you're going to get them dirt cheap. You might still have to pay somebody in the, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think like, uh, would you trade like Eddie Rosario for him? No. That's too I, high. I, lo- I love Eddie, Eddie I know Rosario. you do like Rosario. I, I was um, kind of picking a perfect guy. Uh, I mean, I would do something like I would, would you, or I'm going to ask you actually. Okay. Would you trade... Kyle Hendricks for Lazardo and let's say like I'm trying to think of a struggling yes. hitter. No, if I'm getting two <laughs> okay. things, yes. Uh, if it was straight up, no. But yeah. you're right. I think you can get a little extra juice thrown in. You get a little hitter upgrade. You, you, maybe you make it a two for two. You still give them your worst hitter, but then you get a little upgrade. Yes, I would do that. And it's, that's not even like an anti Hendricks take so much as it is. I like Lazardo enough. Uh, to feel like, hey, I'm not losing out so much there at pitching, and if I can also get a little hitting boost, yeah, mm-hmm. I would definitely do that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't. He's pumping 96 right now. I mean, he's uh, and he's getting swings and misses. Yeah. I, 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 yes, they're gonna be frustrating times, uh, especially with the lack of command within the zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the overall line is gonna be like. What like three seven five and you know twenty seven percent strikeout rate? Yeah, um, one uh, twenty five whip or better. Yeah, yeah, I'd say probably under one third in between. Like yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's under one twenty five. I think one twenty five is kind of is kind of like the high end of of. You got to bring those hits down because I do think that the walks for Lazardo mm-hmm. will. He was at seven uh, percent last year. He's at ten percent this year. I think he gets closer back to that seven percent. It's going to be the hit suppression then because he was at eight nine hits per nine last year. He's at ten three this year. He needs to get that under eight, and then I'm with you. We can get a decent, uh, uh, not decent, a good whip because once you start getting in the low one twenties or below, that's that's a positive so he might be one of those guys that has a little bit of a higher era but a good whip the way joe musgrove was come prior to this year with a big strikeout rate yeah i i really think that there's uh reasons to buy lazardo here so uh go go knock on the door and i i will say like i'm less likely to buy him in a deeper league because of the injury history that's fair and um, and the fact that they might not push his innings he's still very young i think they're gonna have to this is not a rotation in which they. It's can... Oakland, though, dude. You know that they'll just go with some Johnny Two Cents from AAA. Like, yeah, they, you're probably right. Like that, even if Lazardo's their best option, it, Cole Irvin getting a start, I, he's better than a Johnny Two Cents. But like, I'm trying to think of somebody that just they're going to bring him up from AAA and be like, hey, you know, um, uh, Paul Blackburn getting this start. So that oh Jesus Lazardo can – they'll, they'll do <laughs> that. That. Just, they, that just made me I know, cringe. but they commit to things like that. So yeah. that, no, you're but right. I think that's a good point that you make about the deeper league. Uh, but in shallower leagues like uh, you know, 10, 12-team mixers, even 15-team mixer, I'm going out. I'm knocking on the door for Jesus Lazardo. So there's our five struggling studs. Like I said, we're not cutting any of them. You might do a little sit here and there with some of them. But others, you just have to ride it out, including Lazardo, because he's got back-to-back Baltimore starts. You can't ask for anything better than that. Justin, great speaking with you. I hope that you, both of us, f- don't add any red suitcases this week, all right? Maybe, oh, maybe God, we don't please. get anybody back yet, which that'd be great if we did, but let's just not 
add any to our troubles right mm-hmm. now. Um, are you on with Justin this Sunday? Or with Jason, rather? Yes, yes. And I, I've pretty much scheduled guests um, every Sunday through the end of May, I believe. Really? So uh, even if Jason can't make it, um, there will be an episode every Sunday. So if you want us to answer specific questions, hop into the Discord yep. and uh, put them in there because we will definitely you be doing that. You can get via Patreon and um, we're going to have some more stuff coming on the Patreon here in the uh, coming week or so. So stay tuned to that. Who is, can you give us Sunday's guest yet, or are we holding it for uh, – No, no, I, I, I can tell you, but uh, you're going to have to just give That's me fine. one second. That's fine. I can uh, So I can pull up my – I've been – Booking just a crap ton of guests, um, uh, you know, across my. I was gonna say because you have shows. multiple shows too, so it's not yeah. just the, the sleeper and the bus ones that you're. Uh, yeah, on. so I had to actually set up a Google Sheet to. I love like, it. Track. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Aaron Pags is excellent. So he he's going to be joining us, and then let's see, and then Micah Henry uh, is going to be joining us in two. Well, weeks. there you go, and, and Jason will probably be on those, but if not, at least you got Justin and the guest. Um, All right. Well, I hope you have a wonderful weekend, Justin, and I'll be talking to you on uh, text and G-chat as always, bud. Take care. Take it easy.